Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Well, what is the main thing? I'm to see two things. The kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is simply where God rules. And I'm to seek his righteousness. What is righteous? Very simple. Just being right with God. So Jesus says, you don't have to think. Yes, you can plan, get your pantry full and all those things. Work to provide the food. But don't make it a driving force. If you have clothes, yes, you need to have some nice clothes. And I'll give you nice clothes and all this is cars and furniture and homes and whatever. That's cool. Have all that stuff. But it can't be the driving force. No, you have to seek. You have to go after. You have to go after God. With the constant progression of technology, goods, and services, it can be increasingly difficult for us to maintain our focus as disciples. From brand new cars to the latest gears and gadgets, these things can easily divide our attention and cause us to veer from our path. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark expands upon the teachings of Jesus that tell us not to worry about such things. In our study, we learn what it means to seek first the righteousness of God and His kingdom. If you feel that these may be areas of struggle in your walk, then this is the message for you. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now let's join Pastor Mark as he continues his message entitled, Keep the Main Thing the Main Thing. If I'm a Christian tonight, I have to believe God works all things together for good. No, I don't understand how that works, but I have to believe it and stop worrying. If I'm a Christian tonight, I believe that God can supply all my needs. He says he will. I need to believe it and stop worrying. You know, if I'm a Christian tonight, I have to believe that God is for me, not against me. I have to believe it and stop worrying. If I'm a Christian tonight, I have to absolutely believe that whatever temptation comes into my life, it isn't going to be too strong. I won't have to give in. I won't fail. Because God promises he won't allow that to happen in my life. You see, this is another one of those teachings that's not at all about theory. It's big time in the practice. Actually, when Jesus says, do not worry, in the original language, it means quit worrying now because the disciples were worrying. And you and I know exactly what that means. Jesus says, cut it out. Verse 31, here we go again, like we need to have it repeated. Well, we do. So do not worry, saying what we shall eat, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear. Now, verse 32 is an interesting verse. Let me stop. Look at me before you read it. Look at it. Remember the whole sermon on the mount. One of the big premises is, if I'm a Christian, I'm to be different than a non-believer. I'm to be different than a non-believer. 
There should be a difference in me, the way I live, the way I look at life, the way I respond to things, than a non-believer. should be different. Now let's look at verse 32. For the pagans, that just means the unbelievers. For the unbelievers, they, interesting word, you want to circle it, they run after all these things. It drives them. It's the focus. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. The New Living Translation says, why be like these unbelievers who are so deeply concerned about these things? Your heavenly father already knows your needs. So Jesus says, whoa, 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 you're to be different. Don't run after these things. Now that's hard for us because the world squeezes us with advertising into its mold. I got to have this, got to have that, got to have that. Now, you know, tonight, it'll be interesting to see for me, because I've been all over the world and... Most of the world drives cars, well, most of the world drives cars that you have to have like a, 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 you just have to have a little winch to get into the car and sit down. If you go in Indian, whatever, you're in these little, little tut-tuts. If you go in most of Europe, most of Europe's in these little, you, you see these things, you say, is that a car? And there's 12 people in that sucker. It's amazing. <laughs> but you know why? Because their gas for the last 15, 20 years has been five bucks a gallon. It's very interesting to me to see what the marketing will do now in our country. For those cars that are huge, like we all have now, and with gas, if you already started, if you watched it, I've been watching it, you look at all the new car ads now. Not to buy one, just look at them. And before you used to say, 28-cylinder, 5,000 square feet, big tires, Seats 12, whatever. Now what does it say? Gets 32 miles per gallon. Why? Hmm. Because that's going to make you go, I've got to trade this thing in and get one of these. That's the world. So Jesus, you can't run after this stuff. Don't make the focus food and water and homes and cars and electronics and education. Jesus says, no, you've got to be different. Now we want all that. He gives us all that. But it can't be something that we run after. And then we come to the crux of the teaching. Verse 33 is one of the most important verses in all the Bible. And we're going to kind of take it apart. Look at verse 33. But seek, but, in other words, here's how to be different. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Fact number six, this is the only thing you need to write down on this screen. It'll be a whole full of screen of stuff. I want to go through them, but the only one you have to write is the first one. The rest we don't write. Making God your priority and passion, Jesus says, that just eliminates worry. Now, he gave us these words, and I'll go through them. You don't need to write them. Just think about them. Jesus says, seek. What does seek mean? In the original language, it means to go after, to strive, to pursue, to desire, to aim at. Well, what should I be aiming at? Well, he says, aim first. First is a priority. The first thing I need to be aiming at, the thing I'm pursuing, the thing I desire, is the, above everything else, it's the main thing. It's the main thing. Well, what is the main thing? I'm to seek two things. The kingdom of God 
What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is simply where God rules. And I'm to seek his righteousness. What is righteous? Very simple. Just being right with God. So Jesus says, you don't have to think. Yes, you can plan, get your pantry full, and all those things work to provide the food. But don't make it a driving force. If you clothes, yes, you need to have some nice clothes, and I'll give you nice clothes and all this is cars and furniture and homes and whatever. That's cool. Have all that stuff. But it can't be the driving force. No, you have to seek. You have to go after. You have to go after God. Well, how do I go after God first? How do I, how do, I do that? What, what is the main thing? Well, the number one main thing is to have a personal relationship with God. You see, the main thing means that if I have that relationship with God, then I'm going to be seeking his kingdom. Remember the Lord's Prayer? Thy will be done, thy kingdom come. It's all about the kingdom of God, where God rules. So just ask yourself tonight, real quickly, right now, right now, is God ruling in your life? Is he center? If you take a look at your life, is God like on the side or in the center? That's all he means. Primary. Lots of other stuff, but is he in the center? Next. Listen to Chuck Swindoll. I think he says it well. If I am to seek first in my life God's kingdom and God's righteousness, then whatever else I ought to relate to that, everything else I do ought to relate to that goal. Where I work, with whom I spend my time, the one I marry. Each decision I make should be filtered through Matthew 6.33, where I put my money, where and how I spend my time, what I buy, what I sell, what I give away. So the center of everything, and I'm going to give you just four little, actually five little keys here in a moment. Just ask yourself, the, the main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing. And the main thing is a personal relationship with God living in me and going after God. If I pursue that, everything else falls into place. Now, Jesus doesn't end this. He's got one more verse. Look at verse 34. And he reminds us again, and the word worry is in there twice. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Here's our last fact for tonight, number seven. Tomorrow will bring more problems and more opportunities to worry. Isn't Jesus amazingly realistic? Remember, Jesus said, in this world, oh, you will have trouble. Until you become a Christian, then you don't have any more troubles. No, no, no. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. You'll have it. I'll have it. But we have God. It's no big deal. Jesus says, worrying about tomorrow is, well, it's unwise and dangerous. You can't control the future. We know because of sin and Satan that there will be trouble in our lives tomorrow and the next day and the next day. But the same God that's with me today is with me tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And if I keep him on the throne of my life, and all my decisions I run through him, just stop and ask yourself tonight, the main decisions that you had this week, the things that you did this week, did you run them through the sieve of God, putting him first? Not what clothes to put on or what shoes to match or whatever. Again, that's why we have wives and all those kind of things. But the main keels. That's why some of you guys look really funny. Your wives are on the thing down at the retreat and... Just, just don't look at them, whatever. But just ask yourself this week, the things, the decisions you made, how you spent your time this week, was God part of the decision process at all? 
Was God even in the picture? Some of you started dating this week, a certain individual. Was God part of that? Some of you are making a decision to buy a certain object. Not your normal groceries and stuff, but a, a pretty sizable object. Was God in, that, in the equation? He said, well, no, I actually kind of want to control. No, 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 no. You have to put him first. And then he gives you all the rest of these things. Let me give you tonight five things to show you how to keep the main thing, the main thing. We'll go through them very quickly. Then I got something from Larry King Live I want to share with you. Then we're going to close. Here we go. I'll give you time to write these. How do I keep the main thing, the main thing? And what is the main thing? Putting God first. Keeping him center in my life. Life rotating around him. Number one. A little long. If you don't get them all, you get them on the web this week. No problem. Live life God's way. And if I'm going to keep the main thing, the main thing, I have to do it God's way. And God's way is given to me in the word of God. So um, I'll just say this simply to you. If you're not in the Bible and you're not studying the Bible and you're not in a small group and you don't have a devotion time, you'll never even accomplish number one. Because that's where we learn what God wants us to do. So you just keep worrying and doing things your way and all these things won't be added unto you. It'll be disaster. There's no peace. See, the kingdom of God is about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So if I do it God's way, there's righteousness, there's peace, and there's joy in the midst of trouble. Still trouble, but in the midst of it. Number two, plan for tomorrow by consulting God first in everything. That's that priority. So I am to plan for tomorrow. You know, we're planning for things. We, you heard last week when Herb got up here and told you about the committee that's working on the Katrina relief and all that. We have a, an immediate thing, we have an intermediate thing, and we have a long-range thing. We don't know if we'll get to any of those others. But we're planning on it. We're asking God's wisdom. And the closer we get, the more we ask God to direct us. Number three, I can't do any of this unless I'm filled with God's power. So number three is live in God's power. In other words, passion. Passion. That's what I look for in a person that's going to come on staff here. I look for somebody that's obviously got the call of God in their life, but I'm going to look for somebody that has a passion for God. Now, that doesn't mean that to be loud and boisterous. There's just a passion for God. Ask yourself tonight, do you have a passion for God? For doing it His way? Number four. Remember, Jesus said, O ye of little faith, in other words, the reason I don't put Him first, the reason I worry way more than I should ever, is because, number four, number four says, trust God for today and tomorrow. Remember Sanford and Son? This is the big one. It's the big one again. It's the big one again. How many years did he do that? Now, again, it was a program. But see, lots of times we do that. Family traits and whatever, and yes, you should plan. Yes, you should be wise. You know, if... Again, if you have cancer in your family and it goes all the way back and, you know, it's colon cancer, whatever, should you have a colonoscopy? Well, absolutely. But you can't worry about it. You just do that and do the things that are right and then trust God. Number five, stop worrying and start living now. You see, the more I worry, I just ruin today. Yes, I have to plan. Yes, I have to think. But I just ruin today. I, I read this and I thought it was incredible. This is, again, more for the women, but I think it makes it a lot of sense. When are we going to stop worrying and start living? This individual said this. 
it's time to get the good china out of the cabinet and use it. Do you know what I mean? When my brother died at 54 like that, when I was doing his funeral, I had time to reflect out there with my wife. And I began thinking, okay, how many years? I'm 55 years older than my brother. Average 70, 72, 75, 80. Wow. Not too much time left. When am I going? Well, let's keep this. Keep the dishes only for special occasions. You may never even have a special occasion. Get them out and use them tomorrow. Serve the hot dogs on them. Just get them out. <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? Something you've been planning to do with a friend. Do it! Because we see we might not have any dishes next week. Do you understand what I'm trying to say to you? See, we think tomorrow's going to be just like today. I'm saving it. I've got a plan. It's probably not going to be there. Start enjoying life now. I was watching Larry King live. And he had two more things to say, and I'll close with this. You see, if I reduce my worrying, then I'm very effective for God because I use that time and the energy and the passion for him and not for stuff that I'm worried about. Worrying cancels out my usefulness to God. Okay? Well, I failed back here. Some of you have failed. We've all failed. But some of you have failed, and you're still living back with that thing. Well, if I take this step here, I'm going to fail again. Well, so what? At least take a step. Consult God. Go for it. I was watching Larry King Live, and I thought this was absolutely incredible. He had on a um, Phil and uh, a medical doctor, and uh, so he had a psychologist, a medical doctor, and then Rick Warren was from the Saddleback Church. The Purpose Driven Life was on. And he said to, to Rick, basically, what else? And I paraphrase this part. Rick Warren said, I wouldn't focus on talking about Katrina. I would not focus on what's lost. But I'd focus on what's left. That's powerful in itself. Not what's lost, but what's left. And if you're going to help people get over their insecurity, then you must teach them. Whether children or adults, they have to put their confidence, well, they have to put their trust in something that can never be taken away from them. He says, now if you put your trust in your career, it can be taken from you. If you put your trust in material possessions, they can be taken from you. If you put your trust in your husband or wife or even your children, they can be taken from you as we've seen this week. Then he said this, looking into the camera, it was powerful. The only thing that cannot be taken from you is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Unbelievable. There's the gospel. You see, he's saying, you're going to lose everything. But you have to put your trust in someone that you're not going to be worried about losing anything. He goes on. He gives me strength, and you know, America could be taken over by a foreign country. We could be put in concentration camps, and they could strip us naked and take away everything. And I thought this was classic including my wedding ring. But Rick Warren said, but they cannot rob me of my personal faith in God. That's the days we're living in. Is there anyone here tonight who should be worried? Yes. You should be worried big time. 
if you don't have a personal relationship with God. Those of you that have never turned your life over to God, what you have no chance of going to heaven when you die. You have no purpose and meaning of your life. Every day is a day of opportunity gone. Some people, even in the face of death, said to God, no thank you. And with that, they rushed in through death into eternity. Jesus said tonight, put his kingdom first. This is very important for you. He said, put his kingdom first. There's only one way to get in the kingdom. Take a look. I want you to see these and we're closing. Don't miss it. The only way into the kingdom of God is to be born again. I didn't say that. Calvary Chapel didn't say that. First Baptist didn't say that. Rick Warren didn't say that. Jesus said it. Do you remember what he said to Nicodemus? Jesus replied, I assure you, unless you're born again, you'll never see the kingdom of God. Ever. Should you be worried? You betcha. Well, how do I get to the kingdom of God? Here it is. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, begotten son, that whoever, there's the word, believes. It's act of faith. Believes in him. Believes in him. Will not perish. Guaranteed to have eternal life. What does that mean to us tonight? Personal relationship with Christ. Well, it settles my past. All my sins are gone. It assures me of the future. I don't have to worry. And it gives incredible meaning to September 10th, 2005. Because I can live without fear. Some of you might use a practical illustration tomorrow. A couple of them. Get up early. Take a walk and watch the birds feeding. You know, they get up early. They don't watch that crummy TV too late. They get up early. <laughs> this morning I saw this little teeny bird and then this big sucker and I'm thinking, man, oh man, God is amazing, isn't he? Little guy's out there, he's just having a great... Just going like crazy, man. And then you hear people, I don't know, I was like, dang, I don't know I'm here. Praise God, make me like a bird. Make me like a bird. So get up tomorrow morning and just look at nature. Second thing to do tomorrow afternoon, ladies, get your good china out. I'm serious. Serve something on it. Even if it's a McDonald's or whatever, put it on it. And go, you see, pretty soon your life is over. Only what's done for Christ is going to last. The rest of it's gone. Let's enjoy each other. Amen? Let's enjoy the Lord. Put Him right there first. Living in a society that thrives on the latest and greatest technology, media, and fashion can prove to be quite the challenge. As disciples of Christ, we are called to seek His kingdom first above all else. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark demonstrated to us just what it means to be disciples and to seek the righteousness of God. In our study, we learned the importance of keeping the main thing the main thing. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. 
Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. The Bible tells us that the heart is deceitful above all things. Combine this with the fact that only God can truly know our motives, we should hopefully be more hesitant when it comes to judging others. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will teach us the importance of refraining from judging others. In our study, Pastor Mark will remind us of God's grace and how we're to reflect that grace to others. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through the Gospel of Matthew. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurting world a new hope he is given